This episode contains adult content, lots of it. We're talking sexual references, swear words, depictions of violence, descriptions of sex. It is explicit. So take care if kids are around. And if you're listening in public, fair warning. Yeah, looking up here is good. <laughs> no, I know you're just nervous, but you can smile. Every time we release a new episode of Ladies We Need to Talk, it feels like we're pulling the pin on a grenade. Today we're doing just a bit more of a standard solo scene. Keep going, yeah. Maybe just slowly start to like take off your shirt. There's this sense that at any moment it could go bang in our faces. And so far there's been no explosion, but it feels like there could be with this one. Uh, how would you like me? Pornography is more available than ever before. It's free. It's on your phone, your computer, it's in your handbag or your pocket wherever you go. Ladies, we need to talk about porn. Pornhub is one of the world's largest porn sites. On their website, there are 50,000 searches every minute. And get this, last year their top trending search term was porn for women. It grew almost 360% in a year. So even if your friends aren't talking about it, chances are they're watching it. And it's complicated because on one hand, we've got the right to watch porn as much as anyone else. And how we get off is none of anyone's business. But on the other hand, have you ever wondered to yourself, if I watch this, am I a bad feminist? Or a really good one? Am I contributing to the exploitation of women? Or to their economic empowerment? And is all this porn normalising sex practices that are, for most women, dare I say, a pain in the arse? Porn is definitely influencing the way we have modern-day sex. That's Kelly. She's 25 years old, single. Kelly uses apps like Tinder and Bumble to meet guys, so she's really putting herself out there. She says she watches a lot of porn and reckons it's definitely impacting not just the dating scene, but the kinds of sex that people who are dating expect. Anal is just such a big expectation within sex now. I'll just be on Tinder and just having that initial conversation with um, a bloke and he'll just jump straight in and ask if anal is something that we can do together or if I've done it before. They'll 100% ask you that before they ask you if you want to get a drink or, or what you do for work even. Like it's so, it's just so common now. Have you ever been having sex with someone and thought to yourself, this guy has seen this in porn and that's why he's doing it to me? Oh, the deep throat. <laughs> um, just that, you know, hand creeping on the back of the head and you can feel it coming and you're just like, oh, gosh, this is about to happen. And then it's just that shove of the, shove of the head down onto the base of the pain. That is a porn move. That is a classic porn move. And how do you react? I just get off. I'm bored of that. <laughs> I don't need to gag on something, thank you. That happens because they've seen it in porn. Yeah, yeah, that's... Look, I'm pretty open-minded, but I don't think any girl wants to be gagging on a penis. Let's be honest, let's be real. Well, it, it, it affects your ability to breathe, and most <laughs> of us quite like to be able to breathe. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, 90% of people, I'm sure, have a real bad gag reflex, so it's not sexy for anyone. God. Oh, well, how else are guys influenced by porn? 
Yeah, just that expectation to come within 30 seconds, whether that's from oral or from just digital penetration or whatever. And that is that expectation to just, just, you just finish straight away. Are men surprised when it doesn't work out like that? Yeah, they have so many questions about it and it's so demasculating to them. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Bless your cotton socks, mate. (laughs) Romantic, huh? But that's mainstream porn for you. It's often made for men by men, and it's all about getting the guys off. But what if women made it? Would porn feel different? Look different? Ladies producer Cass and I went to check out a porn set where it's a woman behind the camera. Are you nervous? No. I kind of want to do a wee. I don't know if there's an etiquette about walking in and going, can I use a toilet? <laughs> Units one to nine. I'll be seven. Yeah, we're seven. Yeah. 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 And we've just arrived at an apartment she's renting for work purposes. It's in the suburbs, up a couple of flights of stairs, in a block of flats that are just really kind of nondescript. The lounge room we're in has a yellow fabric couch and a large climped print on the wall. As far as porn sets go, it's so normal. It's ridiculous. I'm brushing my hair just to make it look all a little bit prettier. It was a bit messy. (laughs) Lila is shooting a solo scene under Kim's direction today. Lila's in her early 20s. She's done escorting work before, but this is her first ever porn shoot. For the video and photos today, she's getting paid $300. There are two little lights on tripods pointed at the couch and a camera is pointing right at her. Lila is standing there, hovering at the couch. Should I keep my glasses on? I like glasses. Yeah. She's stark naked. I'm kind of a little bit like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, it's just nervous, nervous, nervous. <laughs> I'm sure I'll be fine, though. <laughs> Kim Cummins is part of the ethical porn movement. This is the online stuff that you've generally got to pay for. This porn is made legally and the rights of the performers are a big consideration. For Kim, that word ethical also means that Lila brings her own clothes and her own sex toys to the shoot. She also does her own hair and makeup. A sailor dress that I was thinking of. And then we've got like full set lingerie, like with the suspenders and bras and stuff. <laughs> so you can do like a couple looking at the camera and then a couple kind of focused in on yourself. Okay. Yeah. Do you think what you do is different because you're not a man? I do think that I might focus on different things. A lot of female producers in general, of course, um, might focus more on faces and things as well and other bits of the act that's going on. So like, I quite like it when you can see somebody like start to get close and maybe they start like tensing their hands a bit, curling their toes. So I guess in my, in my experience, when I've watched porn, I've never thought that the girls looked very 
excited like their their vulvas don't engorge they're dry as like a piece of old salami so tell me what you're doing to kind of try and fix that we want people to be excited about the stuff that they're shooting so we'll have performers bring their own toys that they're used to masturbating with that they're really exciting about but at the same time with with being dry like it's a nerve-wracking thing it's really hard to get your body just to do stuff maybe with you're at home alone with your own partner and you need lube so obviously we try and encourage people to use lube on set and stuff if they need it all right uh how would you like me um, so good position. Kim and Lila are workshopping how to best um, capture Lila's rainbow dildo going in and out of her vagina. Okay. So, um, so particularly if I, you are like that and I shoot off from the side, uh, I can see all of you and I can also see the toy as it slides okay. in and out. Okay, alright. When I've seen porn, hmm. I've worried that the women are being mistreated and that they're into it because they're strapped for money i think that's a perception a lot of the time is that it's people are just doing it because of money but i guess my first argument is a lot of us are doing things in this world that we don't want to be doing necessarily um for money but i think uh the industry gets a lot more slack because it does involve sex and we have an extra sensitivity when we feel like it's sex that people are being made to do i see that in the escorting industry and things as well do you think that the porn we watch affects the sex we have? Um, I think there are a lot of people that do see it that way, but I think it's, again, because porn has unfortunately becomes like the first contact for what sex should look like, and it's because we're not giving people conversations about what porn is mm. when they're younger. Like, we don't worry about, you know, teenage boys watching too many action movies and then feeling like, oh, I'm going to drive like Fast and the Furious all the time, which obviously you do get some people that end up driving like that. Yeah. But most people understand that, you know, an action movie is an action movie and it's portraying a certain fantasy, but it's because we have education and we have driver's ed classes. So if we had a better sex education, they wouldn't come with those attitudes. They could understand that, you know, it's a particular constructed fantasy and it's there for entertainment, not to be reenacted. As we're driving away, Cass, the producer, and I can't shake what we've just seen. We're pretty quiet for quite a while. I guess we'd expected Lila would be this sexy, cartoonish imp who was shooting porn as part of a cheeky adventure, you know, treating it as a big laugh. Instead, we saw a girl who, to us, seemed really nervous and doing something that, to me, is a very personal thing in front of strangers. Leaving the shoot, we both feel, God, what's the word? A bit sad. The thing is, when we were at that porn shoot, Lila, the performer, she was fine about us being there. She was happy to have us. We were the ones who felt uncomfortable, questioning our ethics, our privilege, our own personal boundaries. I had a chance to air this confusion with Madison Messina. She's a porn performer and a sexologist. She's done lesbian and straight porn over the last few years. I tell her about my uneasiness in the face of an actual porn shoot. Yeah, it's confronting. You don't have to be all in for every experience that happens in life. You can, you know, I, I went and saw that and that was interesting, but not for me. I don't need to go there again. That's all right. You don't have to feel 
you know, ecstatic about every moment. I guess that, you know what, Madison, I'm, I'm so glad I've got you to talk to about this because sex for the average person who's never been in an in a adult movie, who's never done sex work, mm. it's still behind closed doors. Is, it's often literally under the sheets, like literally you've got the doona up, <laughs> even when you're on your own. So so to be in that situation, it's really um, it's really outside of what's normal. Well, it's really, it's a huge threshold to cross over. I remember doing, because um, I'd been in the sex industry for, like, I don't know, 12, 13 years already, and I was pushing 30 when I first did my um, first open leg explicit shoot. And that's where your legs are apart and your vagina, everything's all out there. And that was a terrifying moment. And it took me a long time to grasp that I was comfortable and confident with it, even though I specifically set out to do that. I knew I wanted to do that, you know, because it's it's just this, you know, you reach this next stage of life and it's something that you can't take back. Once you've done porn and it's up on the internet, it's forever. So it's a big step. Also joining the conversation with Madison is Dr Lauren Rosewarn, an academic from Melbourne Uni who writes about sex, gender and porn, and George McEncrow, a former high school teacher and sex educator. I start by asking them why we don't talk openly about watching porn. Well, it's like the reason girls don't own up to masturbating at all because I, I think women being seen as sexually keen has always been a bad thing. I don't think women are meant to be seen as having, you know, being sexually voracious because it's akin to being a slut. And porn is inextricably linked to masturbation. There's no life of porn consumption that doesn't involve touching your own genitals. So I think when we're saying porn, we're actually saying a, a, another way to describe masturbation, which is, you know, messy for a culture that's awkward around talking about bodily fluids and genitals. I'm glad you said that, Lauren, because what you're saying clearly is that you watch porn to have a wank. Yeah, there's no watching, you know, was I going to binge on Handmaid's Tale or porn? <laughs> no one's doing that. Porn's really goal-oriented. You're watching, you're wanking, you're turning off and going either to sleep or do an activity that's something different. It's mm. not a leisure activity no. separate from the sexual stimulation. No. So, mm. look, Lauren, what do we know about the kinds of porn that women watch? Yeah, so the beauty of sites like, you know, YouPorn and those type of kind of YouTube for pornography sites, they collect a lot of data on us and it gives us information as to what we're clicking on. And we know not only are almost uh, male and female consumption almost even now, which shocks a lot of people, but there are trends in what women click on that are different to men. Women like lesbian porn, even if they're heterosexual, especially if they're heterosexual. Usually lesbians, actual lesbians are turned off by the stuff that's sold as lesbian porn. Heterosexual women like that lesbian porn. Uh, You know, the uh, consensual non-consent stuff, sometimes known as rape porn, is also popular with women. What does that say about us? It says that since the 70s, we've had some sexual fantasies as heterosexual women that probably aren't socially acceptable. But that's the nature of fantasy. Often, and I think this is where we often culturally get a bit mixed up, Mm. what you fantasise about, what you masturbate about, what turns you on, is often never what you actually want to participate in physically. It's a fantasy that's escapist. Much like we read Vogue magazine and know we're never going to fit into any of those dresses. (laughs) It's escapism. I like that idea that porn is escapism and it's all fantasy, but it seems to me that there's a huge bleed through of what happens in pornography and what happens in real life. So I think 
culturally we have this tendency to think of porn as somehow more magically potent than any other media that we consume. Mm. When in actual fact we're watching a couple of minutes of porn to get the job done as opposed to the other cultural media that we're watching a lot of and potentially even binging on. It's not that I don't think some of the porn uh, aesthetics or values bleed into our mainstream culture. I do think that happens. I think, for example, heterosexual anal sex is a good example of something that we've got a, a heightened appetite for culturally because of porn, because you can't really see that depicted anywhere else in media. But I think we do tend to give porn too much credit for motivating how we act outside of the bedroom. I think that's a, a long bow to draw that uh, taps into some of our conservative values and Victorian attitudes around sex. There is a deluge out there. We can't tend to fall into these cliches. Oh, it's just full of skinny blonde massive-breasted women. What's one of the most popular categories of porn consumed? Granny porn. We tend to really have misunderstandings that do not match up with the data as to what is actually being consumed. So what is, that is one of the most popular Absolutely. Ones. Fat porn is another one. But, Lauren, I think that you're you're a bit more specialised. But I do think about, you know, the population at large, uh, it's been my experience that it, it exists in the classroom. So my teenage daughters were in year seven and eight and kids in their language class would have porn running on their laptops up the back of the class and my kids would see it on a daily basis, not even wanting to. So can I just run you through the top three most watched porn videos? Do it, Yumi. Uh, number one this week in Australia is Stepbrother Cream Pie's Sister. Oh. Number two is Perfect Teen Gets Her Tight Pussy Fucked. And number three is He Came Inside Me. So there's no grannies there and there's no fatties. There's certainly no... There is incest though and that often the step-parent thing Mm. or step-siblings, that is an incredibly common, um, often featuring in the most clicked list. As an owner and operator of three young men, (laughs) I um, think, you know, some of the imagery in talking to my four teenage kids and and in my daughter in particular a lot of the boys are consuming incredibly violent pornography and she says some of the boys that she hangs around with think it's quite normal to grab a girl's head and you know do it there's an awful lot of grabbing a girl's head and forcing her head onto their dick and and you know this sort of forced head job business, right? And my big issue as a teacher is as well that sex ed stops at the end of year nine, you know, in most Mm -hmm. government schools. And starts too late as well. It starts too late and finishes right at the point when kids are about to start having sex. I have to agree. And I've had a mum tell me that she, her son said, mum, during sex, do I have to choke my partner? And George, you just said violent porn is what they see. It's not because they're looking for that violent porn. It's that's what's mainstream. Yeah, yeah it's what and that's pops what up. I say about why those tube sites are evil because the porn's not hidden behind a paywall. And when you look at the homepage of all those tube sites, it is the most you know violent or crazy or out there porn. It's whatever is going to capture someone's attention to make them stay on that. And so. You know, I think that's a big problem. But the problem that I have with the porn that the type of porn that we're all discussing right now, the more violent porn, 
is that it's showing female bodily sexual non-consent in their body motion. So you can see that their body stiffens up. You can tell that the woman, the female performer, is not quite enjoying it. But I think we have um, completely erased female arousal and authentic female sexuality from commercialised porn. No one touches the clitoris in pornography. This is what amazes me. Like there's very little clitoral stimulation um, in (laughs) pornography. You all seem to be watching really different porn than I am and to the people I talk to about porn. Well, They're not watching this material. Well, there's a, there's a, the pornography that I've seen, there is very little, there's an awful lot of sort of pneumatic drilling mm. and not a lot of clitoral stimulation. And I think there is an idea, like there's, you know, the occasional padding of a clitoris and then then it's really about lots and lots of thrusting and... Lots and lots of oral sex, which, you know, obviously just fast forward through that bit and lots of double penetration um, stuff. But, you know, that idea that a woman could be brought to orgasm through two penises just going at her all the time. And, you know, and when I found the boys on this Pornhub site, I don't know which one of them it was because the three of them had the lecture at the same time. I just clicked on a site that one of them had been on and there was a woman having with three penises in her face and I just reenacted the whole thing and just said, no, I really doubt that any girl your age is up for three penises at once. You really have to work your way up to that. (laughs) But I didn't want them to feel ashamed of watching pornography necessarily because for a start, it is everywhere. Every site they click on, it comes up. But, you know, it it is something that I did think, you know, you've just got to be wary of dehumanising all the players in this scenario, the men, Mm -hmm. the women, everyone in here and realise that there is a lot more to sexuality than this just pneumatic pounding. Madison, Mm -hmm. you have worked extensively in porn and also sex industry. Um, So I feel like you're you're kind of on the front line of what people want in real life, you know, what they want to see in porn but also what they want to do to one another. Has that Mm. changed and been influenced by porn? Uh, yes, absolutely. What I'm seeing now is a lot more hardcore sex, a, a lot more passionate sex because often what you see in porn is that hardcore thrusting and I refer to that as porn star sex. This whole concept of lovemaking I find is falling off, that the sensual slow sex which sometimes is the best sex you could ever have. Mm-hmm. And also to the anal sex thing, you know, anal sex photos in pornography are our best footage because the the way that the body fits together when you're being penetrated anally, you still get to see the entire vagina. So that's a really popular thing for us to do in the porn industry um, and not really based on sexuality. Whereas with the rest of porn, I think, and that's why it's so difficult to have these conversations and nut it down because it is so diverse. There's There's porn for everything. I get it. There are lots of different kinds of porn. But that doesn't mean that many of us are seeing it. I'm not. My exes weren't. My kids are not. I'd be happy to bet that their male teenage classmates are not seeing ethical porn where well-paid performers do cool, sexy things that actually feel good. So Kim, the porn director, says... We don't learn to drive from watching car racing movies. And I get that. She means that we shouldn't be learning how to have sex from porn. But the thing is, we see real driving every time we go near a road. But basically, the only time we see the ins and outs of sex is in porn. 
So it's crucial that we remind ourselves there's a difference between the actual sex that actual people have because, like, they're horny and they dig each other and the sex that you see in porn, which is business sex. Can we play a game? It's a really good one. You definitely won't see it on TV. Let's play... What's the difference between porn and real life? In porn, you don't see much condom use. In real life, you probably should use condoms. In porn, you see a lot of shoving it in different holes and alternating. In real life, you probably need to exert better hygiene before swapping orifices. Okay, girls, listen up. In porn, you never see couples saying, hey, darling, do you like this? When they blurt on each other's tummy, do you like this? <laughs> Nibbling on each other's neck. Uh, do you like this? Chewing on each other's ears. Do you like this? When uh, maybe sucking on each other's toes. But in real life, you should be doing lots of that, lots of asking each other questions because it can it can be really good fun. And also, if they don't, you find out really quickly. And it helps re-establish consent as well, it which does. is really important, which you never see in porn. In porn, you never see consent established. In real life, you need consent. In porn, you see lots of women having out-of-this-world vaginal orgasms at extreme frequencies. In real life, it's going to take a little bit longer and probably a few different other techniques such as clitoral stimulation to get you there. In porn, you'll never hear a fanny fart. In real life, you will hear fanny (laughs) fart noises because of all the suctioning in and out of air and they are hilarious. Um, Anything else? In mainstream porn, everyone is white unless you select interracial. In real life, people of all colours and sizes are having sex all the time, even right now. (laughs) Making the episode of this show, we sometimes felt really awkward. I worried about saying the wrong thing. I didn't want to lie to our listeners or betray and sell out those women whose asses are literally on the front line of porn creation and full respect to them. Porn performers have crossed some sort of personal threshold to be there. And when we watch it, we are making ourselves the strangers in the room. We're there and we're complicit in the good and in the bad. I've watched enough mainstream porn to be worried about the consequences of this convention of women pretending to like painful things that they don't actually enjoy. This episode cannot wrap porn up in a neat bow. It's just too freaking messy. But I did want to try to end on a more positive note. So I asked Dr Lauren, George and Madison to please help me. Tell me, ladies, can porn be good for women? It can be empowering, but why does it need to be empowering? I think contemporary feminism is preoccupied with the E word. Everything's got to be empowering. We we put this burden on sex, we put this burden on the sex industry and porn as though it has to be empowering. Why can't it just be fun? Madison, can porn be empowering for women? Definitely, I think so. I mean, to me, porn in particular with my life, porn's a part of protest. For instance, it's illegal in publications to show in Australia right now to show a labia that hasn't been photoshopped to remove the external labia if it's protruding, whereas in porn, we show that. So I think that absolutely, you know, anything that can help a woman, we've got so many different female bodies and archetypes up there. It doesn't matter what you look like, honey, if you're feeling sexy, you go for it. And I think to me, that's what empowerment is. But I'm definitely down with Lauren. Why does everything in life need to be empowering? What do you think? 
We want to hear from you on this topic. Call the ladies' line. It's 1300 641 222. Or you can send us an email at ladies at abc.net.au. But please, no dick pics, okay? The ABC email system will actually explode. And hey, maybe that's the grenade I was talking about earlier. And listen, if you've got a friend in your life who needs to hear Ladies We Need to Talk, grab their phone and subscribe them to this podcast. You can do it in a podcast app or on the ABC Listen app. And FYI, we've got a bunch more really cool episodes coming your way this year. Ladies is mixed by Judy Rapley with music production by Martin Peralta. It's produced by Cassandra Steeth and Olivia Willis. Supervising producer is Madeline Jenner. Executive producer is Monique Bowley. This series was created by Claudine Ryan. The manager of Audio Studios is Kelly Reardon. And this is a production of ABC Audio Studios.